educating, informing, entertaining. The Dan Parsons Show on 1499.3 KLIN. Well, good afternoon. It's 5.08 on Monday, July 24th. I'm Doug Fitzgerald filling in for Dan. He's um, currently across seas for the rest of the week. And we're going to hope that he get he makes it back on Sunday because that's when he's supposed to come back. But right now I think he's in Ireland. And we'll have a check-in from him on Friday with uh, Chef and Dan. And who, maybe there'll be a party of them, Johnny. Maybe. I don't know. Clarification, he's supposed to be back on the show on Monday. Correct. He's supposed to be back in Nebraska Sunday. Right, correct. <laughs> so we'll see if he makes it back <laughs> with anything going on. That's Johnny Cadillac, our executive producer. It is uh, really hot outside, 95, feels like 105. We're going to have 100-degree temperatures pretty much the rest of the week. Uh, we are currently in an active uh, advisory, heat advisory, so be careful. that That's through Thursday night, I believe. Uh, and by the way, Johnny, you were telling me um, uh, with... Uh, Ellen K. Today with Jack and Friends Friday, request line Friday, is what's the theme? It's it's essentially songs to uh, cool you down. We've been, uh, especially by the end of the week, dealing with uh, very <laughs> hot weather all week. And so uh, he wants to, the idea of cooling you down music-wise, but not Christmas. <laughs> oh, not Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, that's not any fun. Yeah, well, uh, to me, it makes it that much harder. <laughs> that's but, true. Uh, hopefully... Hopefully we get a good variety of requests, nevertheless. So that's on Friday, Request Line Friday, LNK Today with Jack and Friends. So get your requests in. You can uh, call or text those, 402-479-1400. On the second half of the show, we've got City Councilman Tom Duden coming in. He's going to join us. He's currently finishing up a City Council meeting and on his way. I'll be asking him about the abrupt resignation of former Lincoln Police Chief Teresa Ewings. Um, and any reasoning behind it. It's unclear uh, if Ewings uh, was asked to step down or she did it on her own. Um, she came under fire for a couple different topics that we'll talk about a little bit later on. Uh, we're going to talk about what the process is going to look like, um, how they're going to move forward and all that. So, you know, Tom spent a lot of his career, most of his career, in law enforcement. So he comes with some great insight. And again, if you want to join the conversation, you're welcome to call in. 402-479-1400. Well, today is fa- uh, Flatwater Free Press Monday. That's kind of a ton- That's kind of a mouthful, Flatwater Free Press. Press Monday uh, with the topic uh, we're going to discuss today. I think it's important for all of us. I want you all to tune in because it, it's likely going to impact somebody that you know, no matter how old you are. Thousands of Nebraskans are losing their access to Medicaid, and it looks like that number is going to uh, continue to grow, possibly. Uh, so we're going to look into that in just a few minutes with Dan Golden, the reporter from Flatwater. Uh, but right now, I want to welcome on Matthew Hansen to the show. Matthew uh, is the editor of Flatwater Free Press. Matthew, how was your weekend? Uh, it was great. I was in Chicago. Oh, you I, were? Uh, I uh, Not as far away as Dan. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, hang, hanging out in Chicago, going to Cubs games, you know, the, uh, fun stuff. So, but happy to be uh, back doing journalism today. Oh, that's great. You know, I saw, I was looking through your bio. I saw that you worked at the Hastings Tribune for uh, for a stint. My wife's family and, and my wife is from Hastings. Got a All lot right. of ties there. I'm from Nebraska. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it was my first, uh, my first journalism job. I uh, interned. After my freshman year of college, um, yeah, I love Hastings. I'm from Red Cloud, which is, you know, a, oh, yeah. a little town uh, 40 miles south. Yeah. Well, that's great. Yeah, that's, uh, when I saw that, I'm like, yeah, I worked at uh, KHAS Radio years ago oh, when I was sure. going through college there. So, Well, hey, uh, what's been going on in the news uh, at Flatwater, and what's uh, any updates uh, that you, you know, want to share with our listeners? Yeah, sure. I mean, well, first off, if you hear anything about this Lincoln Police Chief resignation, geez, let us know. That was that was quite the uh, yeah quite the bombshell. 
uh, on Friday. We had that in our newsletter, but I'm, I'm interested, as I'm sure a lot of your listeners are, to, to hear more about, uh, about what uh, actually went down there. Yeah, I'm um, you're cur- yeah. curious, too. Yeah, yeah, I bet everybody is. The, the um, uh, yeah, we have a bunch of stuff going on here. We just uh, finished our weekly editorial meeting, so I'm filled with the story ideas that we have coming in in uh, in the in the coming weeks. Um, you know, stories about tied to Governor Pillen, uh, tied to his his rise uh, inside the the pork industry, which I think is a really interesting story that's kind of been alluded to. Um, you know, certainly by his during his campaign, but not really been told in full. So I'm excited about that one. We're going to publish that um, soon. Um, we have some follow-ups coming on nitrates and groundwater, um, which I, I think is a, uh, is a thing that our, our initial reporting, you know, people were really paying attention to that. And um, I think a lot of times realizing for the first time, especially in smaller towns um, around Nebraska, that the, the water that we have, we've always thought of as so pristine and it really is in so many ways um, uh, has uh uh, become clouded tied to this uh, 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 nitrate, which is a, a long kind of relic of, of uh, Nebraska uh, agriculture. Yeah. Um, I, I, and, and a bunch of other stuff, too. I grew up on a small farm um, just outside of Albion, Nebraska. And so, yeah, I mean, we we would pump water directly from the, you know, from the ground. And that was right. our, our water that we used personally and for our agriculture and, and uh, for the crops and everything. So you think it's clean, like you said, but then you, when you put, look at all the fertilizers that are put on and everything utilized for pesticides, um, yeah, that makes sense that there would be some kind of residue from that. Yeah, no, that's, that's exactly right. And I grew up exactly the same way on a mm. farm, you know, our own well. Yeah. Uh, and never really thinking about the, you know, sort of the, the, the water that we were, that we were drinking. Yeah. Well, that's good. Uh, well, I was looking through um, your website, which, by the way, flatwaterfreepress.org. You can go there and check out all the great uh, news articles and uh, that they're uh, printing. Uh, I, I saw an article about Medicaid that struck me because um, I, I just know it affects probably everybody knows somebody in uh, needing uh, Medicaid at some point, especially our own Johnny Cadillac with his mother we might get into here in just a minute. Um, but why don't you go ahead and introduce Dan, and uh, we'll talk about that article. I accidentally lost him. Uh oh. <laughs> Sorry, Matthew. <laughs> well, Matthew, thank you for that introduction. No, <laughs> so, uh, Dan, are you with us? I'm with you. Okay. Um, okay. Introduce myself. That's right. Well, Dan, um, yeah, Dan Golden, you're uh, one of the reporters for Flatwater. Go ahead. Yeah, let's go ahead and have you introduce yourself, where you're from, and and uh, how you got involved with Flatwater. Uh, sure. Uh, well, I worked with uh, Matt at uh, World Herald years. Oh, did we did we lose? This, I am having a production fit over here. <laughs> so, okay. All right, who do you got, Johnny? Uh, Matthew's on the line, okay. and then Dan's calling back in. <laughs> All right. So, who are you going to put on? Uh, I believe I believe I have Matthew on. All right, Matthew, we're playing we're playing mag- we're playing musical chairs here at the studio. So we've got you back on. I'm going to have you go ahead and introduce Dan, and I think Dan is on the line right now too. So Matthew, go ahead. Cool. Thanks. Yeah, uh, Dan Golden is one of the the one of the really cool things about Flatwater has been we get to bring these you know really uh, seasoned uh, veteran uh, talented journalists who have, have left journalism for one reason or another back into the fold and they they come back a story at a time freelancing for us 
And Dan Golden is a guy who, uh, for years at the World Herald, uh, we worked together. And, you know, he was always noticing stories that, that no one else was. And, and I feel like this story is that, right? I mean, so often uh, something like a Medicaid or Medicaid recipients can feel um, invisible uh, in, in a way that, that – it's journalism's job to, to make those sort of things visible. And I think he did a really nice job with this story. So I'll kick it to him. But, yeah, I'm really glad to have Dan right for Flatwater. All right. Thank you. Dan, there's, there's the introduction. Now They're both yeah. on now. <laughs> and then Matthew, of course, disconnected. Sorry. Go ahead, Dan. Uh, well, this has been a great story to write on. Like, like you said, this affects a lot of people. I think about one in five Nebraskans uh, are recipients of Medicaid, or at least were at the beginning of this year. Um, and so it's just been, it's interesting. Um, to be honest, I've got three kids on Medicaid myself, so it touches everybody. Yeah. How, so how did you, how did you find this story? Because I think you reported around 17,000 people just in the last little over a month have lost their coverage. Um, yeah, 17,000 since, uh, April. So it's been, it's been a few months, but, um, I mean, it honestly, it, the story wasn't a secret. Um, HHS and some of these other healthcare advocates have really been um, pushing this uh, story for for a while now, trying to get the word out. Um, the issue is basically that there's uh, 400,000 people on Medicaid, but for the first time in three years, they're going to have to go through this renewal process to make sure that they're still eligible um, and. It's not something that's new. Um, they've been doing this, these annual reviews every year since the 60s. Um, the, the big difference in Nebraska is that um, there was a, a pause for three years, uh, and that was nationwide. But in Nebraska, it just happened to coincide with our Medicaid expansion. And so there's a, there was a really big ramp up in the number of people on Medicaid. And then at the same time, there was this pause in renewal. So a lot of people came on Medicaid. They've been on it for one, two, three years, have never had to go through this process. And then all of a sudden, they're going to have to go through this over the next year and prove that they're still eligible, which they haven't had to do before, which is uh, so every, people are trying to contact them, make sure that they know this is coming. So what do they, yeah, what do they need to do then if they just even have a question whether they need to go through this process. What should they do? Uh, they can contact HHS. Uh, I mean, the, I talked with the director of uh, Medicaid, and they are happy to help you. Um, and I, I don't have their phone number right offhand, but um, you can go on their website and find their phone number. You can talk to um, healthcare organizations, Nebraska Appleseed, the Health Center Association of Nebraska, uh, if you are, you know, currently receiving care i'm sure you can talk to your physician or your hospital and they can help you out i mean everybody's goal is basically to help people keep their coverage if they can and and that's the that's the big mission i just saw i found that the phone number is 855-632-7633 that's 855-632-7633 i saw in in your article i have it circled here that mm -hmm. potentially up to 145,000 people would be affected by this? Yes. Um, they're expecting uh, anywhere from 10 to 20% of people will be ineligible for various reasons, whether their income has gotten too high, whether they've changed their family situation, you know, um, somebody's moved out of the house. 
kids that have gotten older, um, they're no longer pregnant, um, there's a variety of reasons. Um, and, and that's honestly about the same as national um, statistics. But then there's also a whole group of people that uh, the real worry is about, that they may still be eligible, but they just don't get their paperwork back in time, or they're not sure what it is and throw it away, or uh, they've moved two times in the last three years and the paperwork never gets to them. And so that's the population that everyone is really trying to reach, the people who are still eligible for Medicaid, but um, yeah, they're unreachable or they don't know what this is. Mm-hmm. Well, our uh, Johnny Cadillac, our executive producer here, I know he's told me um, and shared with me the story with his mom. He's working with his mom to get her um, you know, on, uh, on Medicaid and, and that program. Johnny, you've got a question for for the reporter, I, I do, Dan. Um, so my my question is: so I'm I'm in this process, and it's it's been a nightmare. It's been frustrating, um, but you know, doing everything needed to get my mom approved for Medicaid, um, and it's taking quite a long time. Do you know with this renewal application that's going going around now what the uh, what the timetable is for approval or like the, um, making a decision on if they're eligible or approved to renew? I'm afraid I don't. I think it probably depends a lot on individual circumstances and individual situation. Um, I mean, as we're going through this, um, talking with the Medicaid director, it sounds like they're not expecting it to be markedly different than what it was before. So um, I'm not sure exactly what it was before, but um, all I can say is keep trying. I, I Like I said, I've got a number of kids on Medicaid. It's not an a simple process. <laughs> I know it can be a little complicated, but um, I have found that there's a lot of people who want to help. It's just trying to navigate all that paperwork. So, Dan, have you? So, you say you've gone? Have you gone through this process yet? Yes. Uh huh. Yeah. So, what, um, what was that like for you? Uh, it, honestly, it, it, it was the renewal process was fairly simple for me, but I think I'm a little bit different than a lot of people. I have a number of kids on. Uh, Medicaid waiver program uh, because they have disabilities. And so basically they have no income of their own. And so the form is fairly simple. (laughs) Um, They don't have a job. They're nine years old. Um, And so it's a little simpler than people who have a job and savings and random other sources of income. Yeah, it becomes more complicated for them, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Well, hey, um, uh, anything else that uh, with the story itself as I'm reading through it? Because you did a great job really um, identifying. Um, you got a lot of great sources here uh, walking through the process as well. Is there anything else that sticks out to you from the story that you covered that could help our listeners? Um, I mean, I, I think the main uh, message that I kept hearing from advocates and Medicaid was that uh, if your information needs to be updated, make sure that HHS has your most up-to-date information. Um, and I mean, know that there's lots of people who want to help. Um, this is also, this is something that's going on nationwide in every state. Um, and so far, Nebraska is, um, has removed fewer people from the Medicaid roles than most states that have gone through this. And that, that could change as, you know, the, year continues but so far it seems like we're doing a fairly decent job of you know finding people and helping them to stay covered 
Well, good. Well, Dan, thank you so much for jumping on this afternoon. This is really good. I know it was helpful. I know when I saw the article, I was like, oh, I know Johnny's dealing with this. We're going to get this on the air and uh, and get some questions sure. answered. So thank you so much for sharing that. Hopefully we'll have you back on soon. My pleasure. Thank you, Doug. All right. Great job. Dan Golden from Flatwater Free Press. You can go to the website, check out the article at flatwaterfreepress.org. And um, like he said, if you have Medicaid right now and you have a question about this, you can call the number 855-632-7633. That's 855-632-7633. I'm telling you, uh, if you've got any question at all, it's better to call and and have them tell you everything's okay than get down the road and then realize that you're actually not covered. So again, we want to thank Dan and Matthew from Flatwater Free Press. It's 525. You're listening to Lincoln's number one news and talk station, 1499 KLIN. You're listening to the Dan Parsons Show on 1499 KLIN. Well, welcome back. It's 528. 95 feeling like 105 with the heat advisory through Thursday night. So stay cool. Um, Johnny, we just had a great uh, interview with Dan Golden from the Flatwater Free Press talking about Medicaid and um, annual renewals. You're going to have to get out there and check to make sure that you're not going to lose your coverage, which a lot of people are. Uh, anywhere between, a, they're guessing anywhere between 80 to 140 thousand people potentially could lose coverage if they don't get the review in now john you've worked with your mother to get medicaid what's that process been like i mean how how, by the way you just had a birthday how old are you i'm 34 now so you're 34 so we're talking about people you know especially like dan talking about his kids medicare kate you know covers um you know newborns you know through you know through the rest of people's lives and that's where you're at too a kind of midlife helping your mom yeah yeah, and then my mom's just in her early 60s, so that's uh, been a concern of mine, too. But, you know, it's dementia can hit at different times. And, um, you know, we have a caseworker, and a lot of it is is, is a test of patience more than anything mm-hmm. else. And, you know, you, you apply for the, We've been in the application process since February now. Um, and you apply, and you just want approval right away, and you wait, and you wait, and then you eventually find out that you know they need a little more. They're questioning this and this because they, they, you know, you got to go through hoops to get that money. They want to make sure that you know it's not a fraud case and whatever else. Sure. So, yeah, well, um, you're going to be checking in, I'm sure, <laughs> to make sure oh, yeah. that you're covered. Again, that number to call is eight five five six three two seven six three three. Well, coming up the second half of the show, we're going to be talking with City Councilman Tom Duden. Fresh out of the City Council meeting this afternoon, we're going to be talking about the police chief um, issue and kind of where we're at with that. If you want to call in, you can, 402-479-1400. All right, we're going to check in with Fox News, then KLIN News with Chase Porter. You're listening to 1499.3 KLIN. Educating, informing, entertaining. The Dan Parsons Show on 1499.3 KLIN. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. It's 537. I'm Doug Fitzgerald filling in for Dan, who is overseas at this point. Uh, he's going to hopefully be back next Monday, is our is our hope. So, All right, heat advisory, be careful. Uh, that's through Thursday. Right now it's 95 and 105. Still outside, feels like. Um, so in the second half of the show here, I'm really excited to have City Councilman Tom Duden on. He's joining us. Uh, currently finished up a City Council meeting, so um, Tom, I appreciate you coming in. But the reason why is, you know, Friday, obviously, very abruptly, uh, we all learned that um, the Lincoln Police Department uh, chief, um, Teresa Ewing's, um, you know, uh, 
submitted her resignation effective immediately. So obviously that cost a lot of questions for people. We were, I was trying to contact a bunch of people, uh, within the city and obviously they just kind of referred me to the press release, um, at that point. So obviously let the weekend, uh, I'm sure to let uh, the news cycle kind of slow down a little bit. But, um, you know, I've got some questions. I know we've got a lot of people who have questions in regards to what happened and I just appreciate you coming in. Uh, before we get started though, um, you have a very, um, uh, long career in law enforcement and helping people in that area. Why don't you give our listeners who don't know kind of a little bit of your background? Well, first of all, I want to say thank you for having me in as an elected official this time. Yes, it is. Congratulations, by the way, yes. uh, And thank you for that. But uh, I was with the Lincoln Police Department uh, actually for 26 years. I I, uh, gave it up in 2000 to become Design Data's uh, uh, Human Resources and Facilities Director at 14th and, and Old Cheney. And uh, during that uh, career time, I I worked 16 years with uh, the training department, uh, uh, training officers in different uh, areas, different disciplines. Um, I also was uh, vice president of Lincoln Police Union for uh, seven years myself. And uh, best career I ever had. I I enjoyed it. And uh, since then, uh, actually since 2004, I've been teaching criminal justice courses at – Various colleges. I started off at Hamilton College and uh, was changed to Kaplan. Then I switched over to Doan University. And uh, currently now I'm, I'm teaching at the Career Academy, uh, which is through Southeast Community College. But I'm teaching high school students uh, for from LPS uh, criminal justice courses. Mm. So I've always been involved in the criminal justice arena yeah. in one fashion or another. So what's the transition been like jumping on the city council and starting the process over the last few months? Well, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's a learning experience. I will say being a former city employee has helped me quite a bit being familiar with the, the public safety aspect of, right. uh, of city government has helped me tremendously. I think because I kind of understand those worlds, uh, uh, quite well. Uh, very familiar with a lot of uh, statutes and ordinances uh, from uh, liquor violations to uh, uh, zoning things for uh, special events and stuff like that. I I was pretty well uh, educated on, so uh, it's helped me quite a bit. Yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, let's dig into um, former Chief Ewing's um, resignation. She submitted that resignation. Uh, the mayor put out a press release in regards to it. Uh, the big question I think a lot of people have was was she asked to resign? Well, I think that's a question that uh, you, you can ask the mayor and you can mm-hmm. ask some other people. Uh, and frankly, uh, I don't have the exact answer to that. If I had the answer to it, I'd, I'd give it to you. Uh, but uh, I think uh, everybody can basically understand that uh, uh, when someone abruptly resigns, uh, it's probably for some reasons. And uh, instead of uh, uh, publishing those reasons, uh, uh, they let it go with that. And uh so I think the best thing to do is for the department, for the city to move forward. And uh, uh, I think anybody that puts on the uniform, uh, for one thing, um, is a, a, a hero uh, in some light. And uh, it's a dangerous job. It's a hard job. And uh, uh, Chief Ewens came from San Francisco with uh, uh, some ideas and some thoughts on how things should uh, should run and, and uh I think some of those things were good and some of them maybe not so good. And I think as a result of that, uh, it caused some friction. And uh, uh, I think one of the things that she advocated was uh, 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 being transparent. And I, I don't think she was as transparent as what she said she wanted to be. And I think in the end, that uh, that kind of uh, uh, 
uh, maybe hurt her relationship with uh, the community and with the media and uh, uh, as well with uh, the, uh, the officers on the Lincoln Police Department. Mm-hmm. Speaking of the officers, what does this do to morale then? How does this impact um, them as an organization when you have a leadership change like this? Well, I think in this instance, uh, the uh, the officers are optimistic, and uh, I think uh, they see it as a, a positive move because, uh, obviously, uh, the mayor is concerned with uh, public safety in this city, and uh, I think uh, whatever happened in that office uh, on Friday morning uh, was something that uh, it, it took a lot of thought and uh uh, planning and, and discussions, uh, and uh, I think as a result of it, the citizens of Lincoln and the police department as a whole will benefit from it. Uh, in the press release, it said that Assistant Chief Michonne Morrow is going to be serving now as the um, acting chief of police. Um, tell us a little bit about her background, because uh, you were telling me earlier before the show, she's she's very distinguished in what she's doing. You done. know, she started off as an officer on the Lincoln Police Department in uh, 1995, and uh, so... Uh, uh, I rec- remember her when I was teaching in uh, the Recruit Academy at the Lincoln Police Department. And uh, she's come up through the ranks, and uh, I think she's done a very good job. I think the officers respect her. And uh, I think this is a, a good move uh, by the mayor, making her as acting uh, chief of police. Uh, Brian Jackson has been acting uh, chief of police, but he's uh, only going to be there 10 more months. So. Uh, I'm sure that uh, played into that that decision, but uh, I think it's a I think it's a good move, and I'm really hoping the best for uh, Acting Chief uh, Michonne Morrow uh, that she is uh, successful and uh, and does a good job. Well, let's look at the recruiting process then. So obviously, with Chief Ewings, they um, you know they went out to, out of state uh, and did a search. Uh, how do you feel about the process? Would it be? Do we have qualified people within within the police department that could take over? And if so, um, what would be your recommendation in regards to looking for the next chief? Well, uh, number one, if we, we look uh, outside for anybody, it's got to be someone from uh, the Midwest, someone that shares our same values, has a little bit of more of a Midwestern background, and uh, uh, hopefully a, a college town as well. That would think it would be a plus uh, if you were looking at a candidate from outside. And uh, and uh, we, we would have to just see whether or not they would be able to fit in or not. But uh, at the same time, um, Lincoln Police Department's got such a strong reputation of being a, just a good, aggressive uh, police department. And... Uh, good about being uh, transparent, and it was uh, hard for me to see uh, some of that transparency uh, change uh, with the prior leadership. So I'm really hoping that uh, uh, we learn some things from that and, and go forward in a good way, and, and uh, I think it'll all be good for uh, the citizens of Lincoln as well as for the police department. I think it's really going to affect, I'm sure there, there are a lot of officers I know that were down there that uh, couldn't wait to, to get out of there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm hoping that this changes and slows that up because you don't want to lose all of that expertise, that experience. Uh, and some of that was paid by us taxpayers uh, in training these officers to learn uh, specialized skills and what have you that you need for crime scene investigations and what have you. So um, you don't want to lose that uh, with a, a bunch of people. And 
because you just can't replace it uh, instantly. And uh, I think now maybe that'll slow up, and maybe this will even help recruiting in the long run. Well, it's 545. We're talking with City Councilman Tom Duden on 1499.3 KLIN. Let's go back to that for just a second, uh, Tom, and talk about the numbers on the police department. We're down, I believe, the last count was around 27 officers short, which is about 7% of the force. Ten of those are recruits right now in training. And like you said, we don't want to lose any more than we have. And we obviously want to build that up to 100 percent correct um where do you feel we're at with that at this point well i don't know exactly where we're at in fact that's one thing when i initially had my meeting with chief Ewens, i want i actually asked her if i could help in some way with the recruiting efforts and uh i've been kind of looking forward to a, a phone call um the next career event that sort of thing to kind of just uh, go along and see how things went that sort of thing uh but i haven't had that opportunity so uh I don't really know what they have planned and uh, what they are doing specifically for advertising, that sort of thing, for uh, recruiting personnel. But I tell you, it was the best job I ever had, and I would think that if anybody in Lincoln has any desire of going into criminal justice, uh, the Lincoln Police Department has been just one of the premier law enforcement agencies in the Midwest. And uh, I know for a fact when I was on the department that they would you would see people from out of state come to Lincoln to see how we directed traffic on a football mm. Saturday, uh, to see how uh, our operations were. Um, you know, George Hansen st- started that uh, community-based policing back in the uh, 1980s, and uh, Lincoln has really embraced that and has done quite well with its various community centers and its various neighborhoods. And uh, uh, I think uh, uh, Lincoln just kind of thrives on that stuff, and and. Uh, the officers actually enjoy it as well. In fact, uh, going to another point when it comes to transparency, uh, the officers I know were reluctant when uh, body cameras first came out. And uh, now it's my understanding that they just embrace them uh, to no end because it supports mm-hmm. everything that they do on a call. It just uh, describes exactly the conversations that they've had with the victims and witnesses and uh, uh, pedestrians and and uh, people involved in traffic accidents because they're running that, that tape's running all the time, and uh, it's it's just a great thing, and it just really reinforces the fact that a lot of people believe Lincoln Police Department is a is a good agency, and uh, and uh, I think uh, when you uh, fail to release some of that information uh, or you hold something back, um, you're right; it, it creates suspicion. And uh, there's nothing to really be sus- uh, suspect about with the Lincoln Police Department. They, they are an, an upfront, outstanding organization. Well, I know public safety was a big um, a platform that you ran on for city council. And we're seeing, it just seems like the stories we're seeing the last few weeks, criminals are becoming so bold about just robbing people, whether it's in their garage or in their front you know, front yard or wherever. And with numbers being down and now the, you know, looking at needing to find another chief to lead the department, is this going to impact recruiting? Well, I, you don't, you don't know. I because, mean, I mean, uh, you're, I mean, if you're always coming in, I would want to know who's going to, you know, who's going to lead me. Right. Right. And, uh, I, I think you are going to have to wait and see. Yeah. Uh, and, and, uh, and, uh, uh, that doesn't mean that the department's on idle at, uh, on any sense of the imagination. I think they're, they've got some good ideas uh, coming up, and I think they'll p- promote those things. Uh, they do a lot of social media uh, contact, that sort of thing. That's what a lot of people read now. Uh, at the same time, I think uh, 
they're starting to do town halls and what have you on the various team levels, and uh, the captains are, uh, you know, looking for people to show up to to come to that and explain whatever problems or concerns they might have. And uh, I know they just uh, recently had a, a big arrest on uh, the uh, catalytic converters, and yep. uh, that's uh, really slowed up. So uh, those are all just uh, good things, positives uh, for the city. And uh, this afternoon at the city council meeting, I wanted to tell you that I had the opportunity to listen to the mayor's um, award of excellence uh, for Sergeant Tutran um, and uh, involved his uh, life-saving efforts uh, back in February where he uh, overheard a radio call about an accident that a car went off the road and went into a pond. And uh, he was uh, nearby and decided to just go check on it himself. And it was the first one there. Uh, he shows up. He he takes off his gun belt. He takes off his shoes. He dives into the freezing water in February and swims out to the car. And uh, uh, an occupant was in the back seat of the car uh, because the front end was uh, submerged. The only thing that was sticking out was a trunk in the back window. He got the back window uh, or back door open and uh, uh, grabbed the individual and, and uh, uh, pulled her to safety. Uh, and I tell you, that just speaks of the mm. character of the officers that uh, work at the Lincoln Police Department. Uh, uh, they are people that uh, they don't need to be told what to do. They know what to do. And uh, and that's the type of character you want to attract uh, in Lincoln uh, to do this this tough job. That's an amazing story. I mean, you were telling me that, and and right afterwards he went in to go to work. Yes, he was he was ready, he was ready to go. Right <laughs> after the call, <laughs> after he uh, uh, gets some assistance uh, to warm up, he goes home, changes uniform, and and wants to go back to work. And uh, thank goodness Captain Woolman ordered him to stay in the station. And stay at an office and uh, probably turn the space heater on full <laughs> blast. Right. Give him uh, some cocoa. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and let him warm up for a few hours, which I think actually helps to help him for, with his recovery, too. So. And I saw the mayor also gave an award for the officers in regards to the catalytic converter um, yes. crime. Yep. That was uh, the prior month. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Or prior uh, session. Yes. Okay. Yeah, because yeah. that that's been that's been going on for quite a while. So. Quite a while. It ended up being a group that were uh, stealing them and uh, taking them over to Iowa and selling them. They were so it was a ring. I mean, oh, it was yeah. like a yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. They were based out of Omaha, Lincoln, and whatever. So yeah. Well, speaking of town halls, I know you're planning on starting town halls because I you love the city. I love the city. I think it's the best place to live. You think it's the best place to yep. live. And I also know that you um, really want to not only be transparent, but want to hear the voice of your constituents, you yep. know, uh, as well. So let's talk about uh, the town halls you're going to be you bet, starting You know, you know uh, my district, District 2, and out of that district, uh, I should mention, uh, the city has 177 precincts, and District 2 has 60 of them. So that's, really? uh, that, that's quite a few. Yeah. That's quite a few. So I represent a lot of people. And as a result of that, I'm going to start some town halls at uh, the Charles H. Gears Library at 56 and Normal Street. Uh, it's going to be August uh, 16th, and there'll be some information on my Facebook page and uh uh, we'll probably be doing some ads, that sort of thing as well, uh, for reminders. And, and uh, uh, it'll be at 6.30. And uh, uh, I want people to come in with any concerns, any complaints, uh, any uh, uh, anything that they want to talk to me about, period. Uh, I want you to come down to the library and, and come inside and, and 
come join me uh, at, at 630 uh, at the library. And that's so, August? August 16th. 16th. It's on a Wednesday night. And, uh, of course, it's going to be right before school starts, or right at when school starts as well. But at 630 in the evening, I would hope that that... Uh, uh, there wouldn't be any uh, baseball or football or softball <laughs> games going on, so uh, I'm hoping that uh, uh, that's a good time for everybody to show up. And so, how can people find info about that? Uh, they can go to my uh, Facebook page, mm-hmm. uh, Tom Duden uh, for Lincoln, and uh, you can see it there. Is there anything else you want to share with the listeners that's been going on that's kind of priority or working on with the city? I know you're working on the budget and yeah. working through that process. Yeah, and- just uh, got mentioned today, I went to a meeting with the mayor and, and uh, two other council members, and that was mentioned as one of the topics. Uh, also, uh, they brought up the fact that they're trying to relocate or find a centralized uh, location for uh, a bus center, uh, the city's bus uh, uh, star trans center. Uh, with the Golds building being torn down, yeah, the main yeah. bus stop uh, is also gone. So uh, so that is going to be in the works, and we're going to be looking through uh, uh, some proposals for that. So Good. But uh, so far, it's it's, a, it's interesting. It's challenging. I don't see uh, any these things as problems. I see them more as challenges. And uh, I've got some good advice from some prior, prior uh, council members. Um, John Camp has been... Uh, in my corner and uh, kind of helping me along and and uh, um, so I've got a lot of support out there so and I appreciate that and I'll, I'll listen to everybody and anybody yeah. so well good congratulations again and uh, we'll always you know you're always welcome back to the show well, so. I'd love to come back you bet anytime all just right get a hold of me. Tom Duden uh, city councilman here in Lincoln and uh, I just appreciate uh, his forthrightness and transparency and getting us information I think a, a lot of questions that we all had uh, providing some answers to that it's 555 and we're going to take our final break before we wrap the show up you're listening to Lincoln's number one news and talk station 1499 KLIN You're listening to the Dan Parsons show on 1499 KLIN Well at 557 I keep checking the temperature Johnny and it's still 95 I I, I don't even know what else to say it's uh, it feels like 104 so how do you keep cool in days like these? Uh, I mean, I stay inside a lot. And, I mean, here <laughs> in studio, we're having a fantastic time there with Doug go. Fitzgerald. He got it in. <laughs> he got it in. Well, we want to thank Tom for coming in and answering those questions. Uh, uh, just some great information in regards to, um, you know, the, the security of our city, which is extremely important, especially as we see uh, crime happening around. And we know that we're down a certain number of police officers, and we want to get them in. And I love him talking about, and, and in the breaks, too, Tom was talking about, we want to do some great recruitment. We want to bring great quality people into the force and, and make sure that people understand that maybe you are looking for a position or maybe it's a, a kid or a grandkid, a family member, a friend um, that you think would make a great police officer. Man, now's the time. Now's the time for them to check it out and and uh, see if it's right for them. So anyway, I just appreciate uh, Tom Duden coming in and uh, sharing information in regards to LPD. All right, well, tomorrow we have a great lineup for the show. Krista Yoakum uh, from the Lancaster County. County Board of Commissioners will join us. They had a spicy meeting last week.
week. <laughs> we're going to find out what happened there, and she'll give us some insight into that. Plus, we're also going to talk to Melissa Wood and Carrie Herrera from Tunnels to Towers, which they started last year. It was a great race, and they're doing another one this year. Uh, we're going to find out more about how the event has grown, what they're looking for, and the help that they need along the way. So tune in tomorrow uh, to the show, and uh, we'll get you some great information. Again, thank you so much for tuning in today. If you want to catch the recording of today's show or past shows, simply head over to our website, KLIN.com, or you can use the KLIN app to find it as well. There you can listen to all the past shows as well. Well, a big thanks to today's guests, Matthew Hansen, Dan Goldman, and Councilman Tom Duden. And I also want to thank, obviously, Johnny Cadillac, my executive producer for the show. You've been listening to The Dan Parsons Show on 1499.3 KLIN. We'll see you tomorrow.